turmoil stresses us out, and it can also break my heart. Family chaos, not usually brought up in the media, but the social media app TikTok has brought to light the turmoil of one prominent family living in Washington. Former Counselor to the President, Kellyanne Conway, testing positive for COVID. But that's not the turmoil that breaks my heart. Her family's in disarray. Her husband, George, heads the Lincoln Project, harshly critical of President Trump. Their daughter, 15-year-old Claudia, has taken to TikTok to air her family's dirty laundry. Parenting in an age of social media must be difficult, more so if you're a nationally recognized personality. A video of them arguing, yelling, cursing at each other simply broke my heart. Families desperately need the Lord right now. COVID has pushed so many to the breaking point. I pray for Christ's love to reign supreme in families, our only hope we have in this discombobulated world. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series this week called The Chosen. If you've read the Bible or you've been a believer for a while, you probably recognize these biblical names, Samson and Delilah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, James and John. How about Jairus? Does his name ring a bell? If it doesn't, I don't blame you. He's a character in the Gospels referred to more by his title than by his name. And he's another person transformed by an encounter with Jesus. In a moment, we're going to look at his story. But before we get to that, I want to say thank you to everyone who's been in touch with us and made a generous gift for The Chosen Season 1, a double DVD set. I can't tell you how much it warms my heart to know that many will be watching this inspiring TV series that's all about Jesus. And even though Dallas Jenkins and his team have taken some liberty to help us better understand the context of the gospel story, I think you'll be blessed to know that they don't twist or turn away from the truth we know from the Bible. In fact, Dallas recently shared on his YouTube channel how he and his writing team are working with pastoral oversight to make sure they don't miss anything in the future season. Yeah, we've got our usual team together, but we added a fourth uh, member for this week, for the first couple days at least, and a very close friend of mine, Pastor Kurt. Not only is he a Bible scholar and someone who has dedicated his life to the knowledge of the scriptures, um, which is always valuable for us to have someone to bounce off of. But um, to have a pastor here has also been uh, a unique experience because we want to know what are some of the stories and what are some of the approaches that we can take to these stories that are going to be able to be used as tools by pastors. It's a tremendous tool that allows us to see Jesus for who he truly is because this show, while dynamic and beyond the bounds of Scripture and the exact words of Scripture, it is faithful to the Word of God and faithful to the portrayal of Christ from the Word of God. And so as someone who has dedicated myself to knowing, understanding, and teaching the Bible, it's a privilege for me to take it and to use it for my family, to use it in my neighborhood, to use it in my church. He knows the stories back and forth. He's used them in his own ministry. Ministry. He's uh, he's counseled people, and he's got a, a, a writer's brain. He's he's thinking about how these stories impact, uh, or you know, this catalog knowledge of how to call on a story that fits the moment. I'm just doing what I can to bring my fish and loaves to the project, and to see if that can be an advancement of the greater whole. When I look up on that whiteboard 
and I look at the notes that we're writing and I look at the books we've got laid out and I look at the notebooks that we're writing in our laptops and I'm seeing what we're actually coming up with, the thing that's most exciting to me about it is not necessarily any one specific moment, although we've come up with a lot of really cool moments, but it's also just the thrill of knowing that we've now got a roadmap that uh, is going to be truly exciting to follow. The creator of the chosen TV show, Dallas Jenkins, along with some of his writers, Isn't it good to know that they know exactly where they are taking us over the next several seasons? I want you to start the journey by watching season one. We have all eight episodes, over six hours of Bible-inspired TV for your minimum gift to Haven today. Like I've said earlier, there's some holy imagination used to help us better understand the backstories for characters like Matthew, Peter, and Mary Magdalene. But they never change what the Bible teaches regarding this great story all about Jesus. I know you and those around you will enjoy this fresh and unique way to see and love the gospel of Jesus Christ. Call us after this program at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, watch some of the clips from the show that we have there, and you can make your gift and ask for the DVD collection. Our web address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Coming up, we're going to hear an excerpt from a well-known moment in the Bible where Jesus shares the gospel with a Pharisee named Nicodemus. But first, let's open with a song from Rent Collective, Your Name is Power. You're the only answer to the darkness. You're the only right among the wrong. You're the only hope among the chaos You are the voice that calls me on Louder than every lie My sword in every fight The truth will chase away the night Your name is power over darkness Freedom for the captives Mercy for the broken and the hopeless Your name is faithful in the battle Glory in the struggle Mighty, it won't let us down or fail us Your name is power Your name is power I know that the word will never fail Oh, oh, oh. I know that in every situation Yes, I know you speak the power to prevail Louder than every lie My sword in every fight The truth will chase away the night Your name is power over darkness, freedom for the captives, mercy for the broken and the hopeless. Your name is faithful in the battle, glory in the struggle. Scatter 
outer darkness, light arrives in heaven, oh kings, Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, the church awakens, we believe the change is coming, Holy Spirit, let us see it. When you speak, you scatter darkness, light arrives in heaven, opens, Holy Spirit. Gentile to Jewish? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? <sighs> I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, may she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things. I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. Do you hear this? you hear? The wind? How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it. I hear its sound. Do you know where it comes from? No. Do you know where it's going? No. That's what it is to be born again of the Spirit. The Spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the Spirit, you can recognize His effect. Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes, and I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. 
I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish. But have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Jesus speaking with Nicodemus, sharing those famous words that most of us know from John 3, 6, a scene from The Chosen TV show. And this is Haven Today in a program called The Chosen. Now, I said this when we started the program. If I were to ask you to name some biblical characters, I'm sure names like Nicodemus and, of course, Jesus come to mind. But what about Jairus? Does that name ring a bell? If it doesn't, I don't blame you. He didn't pop into my mind at first. Who was Jairus? In many ways, he's a person we can all relate to this year. At the beginning of 2020, life was pretty secure for most of us. Many of us had stable jobs, maybe even a business. But now I know many have lost their jobs, or at least some weekly hours were cut. I know because we've heard from you, and you've asked for prayer. Perhaps you've had to shut your doors altogether. I pray that you haven't sustained the worst loss, the loss of a loved one. If any of those downward turns applies to you, then you have something to learn from Jairus. Jesus was ministering on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee in a region called the Gerasenes. But when he returned back to the Galilee shoreline, a desperate man was waiting for him. We read about him in Mark 5 starting in verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers, named Jairus, came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and lived. So Jesus went with him. We read that Jairus was a synagogue ruler. In fact, here and in the verses that follow, the gospel writer Mark repeats that title four times. Clearly, he wanted us to understand something important about Jairus. He wasn't just anybody. 
He had to have been an upstanding member of the community for such a position. Most likely he belonged to the Pharisees, and he had been trained in the Torah, God's law. We know this because synagogue rulers presided over synagogue services, and they taught from the Hebrew Bible. This was a man of high status. But when we meet him in the gospel, he's a man facing ruin. And that is often exactly where our faith begins to grow. First, notice Jairus's humble faith. He could have come to Jesus with his list of credentials, making sure he knew that he was a leader in the community, but that's not what he did. Mark tells us, seeing Jesus, Jairus fell at his feet and pleaded with him earnestly. This is how someone approaches a king. Jesus had clearly heard of the healing ministry of Jesus. He could have tried to force Jesus to heal his daughter, but instead of hanging on to his status, he was hanging on to the power of Jesus. And I describe that as a humble faith. It's been said that even a weak faith clings to a strong Savior. His power is the only power that matters. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Whatever your status may be in this world, remember that the winds of change can always blow it away. If nothing else, 2020 has taught us that. We can be reduced to nothing in a moment. So cling to Christ, the healer of our souls. Jairus demonstrates another important kind of faith in this story, a patient faith. Once Jesus is en route to the home of Jairus, that enormous crowd presses in around him, and a woman interrupts their journey with her own urgent need to be healed. As all of this unfolds, a man from Jairus's home arrives with the tragic news, your daughter is dead. In Mark, ten whole verses are devoted to this woman and the crowd, real needs to be sure, but remember that Jairus is standing by, watching it all unfold. He knows his daughter was dying. He knew Jesus could heal her. He had no choice but to wait. If you have ever lost something or someone dear to you, you know how agonizing it is to realize that you're powerless. What can you do but wait on the Lord? And that's what we see in this new believer, Jairus. It's a patient faith. Isaiah famously tells us that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. What an image of the Christian life. Our faith often feels like it's on the verge of fainting. Wait on the Lord. He will renew you by his Holy Spirit. He'll make you more and more like Jesus. In this life, you may still suffer that loss, you may not regain it, but in the life to come, all shall be made well. Believe in the Lord and wait on him. And that's what Jairus did. And his faith turned to rejoicing. After hearing the news that his daughter had died, Jesus turned to Jairus and said, Don't be afraid, just believe. Christ went to his home. He took his daughter by the hand and then he raised her to new life. Listen to the response in verse 42. At this, all those who were in the house were completely astonished. The Greek word used here is where we get our English word ecstatic, that patient faith giving way to ecstasy, a taste of heaven itself, rejoicing in the Lord, 
the one who would conquer death by dying for us. That's the lesson Jairus learned in his encounter with Jesus. Well, may we learn it today, whether for the first time or the thousandth time. We know he will provide, whether in this life or in the life to come, the Messiah, the Chosen One, is worthy of our trust. Let's trust him humbly, patiently, and ecstatically until he comes again. Why don't we pray right now? Lord, we've looked at this story of Jairus. He was a leader of his synagogue, his church. He probably was a Pharisee. And yet he humbled himself before the Lord. He knew where he needed to find his hope as well as his hope. And that's what we need right now. May we have a faith of ecstasy, trusting in Christ alone to save us from our sins, to get us through what we're going through right now. We cannot do it on our own. We cannot do it with the help of others here on planet Earth. We need help from above. So may we receive that help and cry out for it in prayer, even today, as we trust in Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved you more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, save your friend. And I know that he will be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him. Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, 
crowns and one of their hymns of faith tis so sweet to trust in jesus here on haven today in a program called the chosen after today i hope the name Jairus comes to your mind when someone asks you about a favorite bible character it was wonderful to be reminded about the effect jesus had on all those who came to him some were hardened like many of the pharisees some of the romans but others like Jairus had their lives changed forever. And that's why I've enjoyed the TV show called The Chosen. I know as you watch all eight episodes in season one, you'll be greatly inspired to see how ordinary people like you and me were transformed by the simple message taught to us by Jesus. So for your gift to this listener-supported ministry, a minimum gift at least, I'd like to send you the DVD collection of The Chosen Season 1. You need to just call us right now at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go and watch some of the series when you visit us on our website, and after you're done with that, you can make your gift as well at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share the great story together, the story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Now that's a bold statement, and if it were anyone besides the Apostle Paul making it, you'd doubt whether it was true, but Paul had already lost everything. He was writing from prison. Status, wealth, power, comfort... He'd given all of those up to follow Jesus, and he had no regrets. Why? Well, because following Jesus isn't about what you lose, but what you gain through faith in Christ. Paul now knew that with his eyes fixed on Jesus, he could be content, regardless of his situation. You can get Anchor Devotional in print at getanchor.com.